Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Is the main event Mark's podcast brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network? I'm your first host, former radio guy, lifelong wrestling fan, and cat dad, Troy. And with me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Bobby Roode to my Austin Aries. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? Why do I got to be Canadian? I figured you'd like that because you're a Bobby Roode fan and because, like, you know, size difference. I just want to say that. <laughs> You like Canada. I told you that's become the new thing. Like you can't make you can't make jokes about like you know black Mexican Asians, but you know Canadians. That's fine. You can make all the racist jokes you want. Apparently, I don't understand that logic, but that's how it seems to be. Maybe it's because of the uh, the fact that there's a lot of French people up there, and and the running gag is that they're like super apologetic and whatever. I don't know. Well, when I Nobody... went to Canada, I can tell you they were super nice. Like every stereotype is there, so. Should they say a boot? I caught a couple. Nice. But all right, man. Uh, today we're going back to 2013. I don't know why I randomly picked this Slammiversary, but 
I did. Maybe I just wanted to talk about the Aces and Eights era. I can't remember off the top of my head, but we're here. We're talking about Slammiversary, man. We had to get a couple in this month. There's one coming and, up very soon, too, by the way, at the time of this recording. Yeah, and what did, you, did you say the main event for that one is uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Sammy, Sammy Callahan? Finger bang and the guy who messes with the lights and computers, yes. That's the main event, wow. folks. Good lord. Uh, Slammiversary 11. So this is the 11th anniversary of this company in 2013. So they've been around since... Well, they've been around since 2001? 2002. But, um, 2002? Okay. I think this was yeah. the 11th oh, anniversary. It was not Slammiversary 11, though. That's funny. Yeah. Well, it, I mean... They started in 05, so... Yeah, right. Yeah, because they tied, that's they're so weird with their uh with their numbering. Yeah, because they labeled this Slammiversary 11. And I'm like, well, there has not been 11 Slammiversaries. Like, I, I could understand if you and you said it started in 02, right? So TNA started in 02 with Slammiversary started in 05. Yeah, right. Well, right. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm all kind of confused with this one, because if it started in 02, that's kind of like when WWE did uh, for WrestleMania 25, they called it the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. It's like, no, it is the 24th anniversary of WrestleMania. Your first, like, your wedding day is not your first anniversary. You know what I mean? No, no, your wedding day is your death. Oh, good lord. Uh, this, well, like this, I just, uh, this this should be some first, like, the 10th anniversary then. I So, I don't know. I'm confused. TNA was always confusing. They're still confusing. Oh, thank God they, they, I hashed that out and they're fine now. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they got things going the right way, so. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we're going to get into all that today. We're going back to 2013. This is one of the more recent shows we've covered, but it is, uh, what, eight years ago, so close enough. But we're going to take our first break when we come back. It's news and notes. Real quick, just letting you know, we are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. And if you are listening on the podcast feed, please like and subscribe. Give a five-star review and all that good stuff. Well, you're not going to jump in with your seven stars? No, no, not this week. Okay. I want to be predictable. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let it breathe. Go, you know, uh, go away for a bit, learn a new hold, I guess. But anyway, also, if you are not listening to us live, you can hear us every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on unhingedsn.airtime.pro and an hour and a half after the start time, we have our first replay. So if you miss any of the show, you can catch it then. But we're going to take our first break. When we come back, it's news and notes time, baby. Follow the Main Event Marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the Main Event Marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo, on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official Main Event Mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. 
the perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. News and notes. <laughs> the news and notes from early June of 2013. There's not a lot of like groundbreaking stories here, but some of this is pretty interesting. Just you know, stuff to put you back. Oh, well, in. we gotta talk about death, drugs, or sex. Come on, what's going on? Well, unfortunately, well, there's one story we can talk a little bit about. Some of that. Seems to be but, a theme of our show for anyone who listens regularly. You guys know. Well, it's not even just necessarily our show, but that just seems like a running thing in wrestling. Period. Like, oh, you're doing a wrestling documentary, so there's uh, drugs, sex, and, and violence involved, right? <sighs> I mean, they have a whole series on Vice about that. <laughs> anyway, getting to this, uh, 660news.com has a short interview with Brett Hitman Hart, who discussed his late brother Owen not being in the WWE Hall of Fame. The article noted that Brett was, quote, frustrated that his brother wasn't inducted. He said, quote, you know, it's time to remember what he was. He was a great wrestler, and WWE fans around the world remember Owen every day. And they asked me every day. It's kind of a, it, it's kind of childish, end quote. There was talk last year of Owen being inducted into this year's class. However, PW Insider reported that Owen's widow, Martha Hart, turned the offer down. So, speaking of Dark Side of the Ring... Never gonna happen. No. If anybody's watched Owen's Dark Side of the Ring episode, even after Martha passes away, unless something terrible happens in the life of their children and they really need money and WWE throws the farm at them, he's never going in that Hall of Fame. Because she's on board, the kids are on board, and Brett has come out in like and publicly insulted her in the past for not going in. It's like, you know, I seem to remember a string of like over a decade where you said nothing positive about that company at all and how much you hated him and you buried him every chance you get. Now it's like, how dare you not let my brother go into this Hall of Fame? <laughs> oh, man. How dare you not be money hungry and just jump at every at everybody that throws you a little bit of cash? Like, oh, man. I Something tells me that, you know, they really don't care about all that. And again, everybody had like, me included, had, like, one image of, like, you know, on one side of the argument in their head the whole time. And then I watched that episode, and I kind of, I mean, I get why Martha is the way she is about it. So, it's uh, nothing saying he has to go in. Why you are the way you are. Yeah. Why are you the way you are? I very much hate who you are and everything about you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, sp- speaking of the hitman... Bret Hart issued an apology to Pat Patterson for a joke that he cracked during the Bret Hart Appreciation Night on Raw recently. During the ceremony, Patterson got down on one knee and shook Bret's hand, to which Bret replied, quote, When Pat starts getting on his knees, I start getting scared. Good God. I don't remember this. Do you? No. Oh, man. <laughs> what made him... Uh, what made him think that was... Okay. <laughs> I don't know, but... Oh, that's something you say in high school. 
The only thing I can think of, like, related to that is, have you seen the movie RV with uh, Robin Williams? Yeah. You know, I, I like the part where he said, when a white man picks up a banjo, my cheeks tighten. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of from this remark. It's like, dude, no. Here's one. Uh, this guy is still hanging around, hanging in there. The Big Show has been working with a Torm Labrum and <laughs> will take time off from WWE. Sorry. He's still going off, kind of. Yeah. Did you see a recent picture of him, by the way, where he's got, like, he's actually got, like, new wrestling gear? No. Yeah, and it was a it was a picture for because um, AEW's been putting out pictures for hey we're coming to such and such city and they you know they'll take like promotional shots he's in one of them in wrestling gear and I'm like dear God don't like are you throwing him in the ring because if so why because oh man the only like logical reason off the top of my head I can think of is like if they throw him in there with like a rookie because sometimes they do that they throw the veterans in there with a rookie to help you know coach him along that's the only reason I, I want to see of. him take on bums or us in a handicap match but good lord you just wanted to get that in there <laughs> it just gave me so much ammo for AEW dude it's like here you go I know you talk crap about it so here here's a good bullet for you good lord I wonder. We have a team called Bums Are Us in AEW. You can't make this up. Oh I wonder if God. I'm wondering if their tag team finisher is called the Street Shitter. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, the Tent City Slam. <laughs> Good God. The all right. Itself. Yeah, I know. I hey, I got them all in there. All right. Anyway. Uh, I had to look this up, by the way, because I know nothing about anatomy. Uh, the labrum is in the shoulder, like where your arm connects to the shoulder. So I I had no idea. I had to look it up. But either way, yeah, Big Show's been in and out of WWE so many times. It's it's like the, you know, the joke about him going face and heel. You know, the, the fact that he made reference to that, by the way, in his AEW debut, just <laughs> is like, come on. Oh, man. <laughs> Another guy, speaking of uh, old-timers that jumped to AEW, there's also huge heat on Mark Henry right now from WWE's creative side. They had a storyline planned for him, but after his match with Sheamus at Extreme Rules, or at some point in the last week, uh, Henry said that he was banged up and needed time off to, due to injuries. What the hell was he doing in 2013? Like, was, was this during, like, one of his runs on top, or no? It's 2013... Off the top of my head, I don't know. I know that's when... Sh Isn't that when Seamus turned face? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I don't know. If, if anybody can remind no, that was, us... that was 12. I don't know. Yeah. Anybody I know remind us what the hell he was doing in 2013. I know 2013, WrestleMania, he wrestled Ryback. So there's that. Uh, to give me an idea of what he was doing at the big show of the year, so... Okay, apparently he made his uh, return after a nine-month absence back in February of this year on Raw, and he attacked Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, and Sin Cara. <laughs> oh, wow. I see a pattern and, there. And then on SmackDown, he defeated Randy Orton to earn a spot in the Elimination Chamber for the World Heavyweight title. So, yeah, this was during one of them times. And, oh, this was, it, okay, this was the same year, WrestleMania 29, he, he beat Ryback by landing on his head <laughs> so i was there don't remind me yeah 
yeah, and then yeah, his feud with Sheamus there. So, and with his loss to Sheamus, Henry declared that he was going home. <laughs> there you go. Apparently, this was one of his retirements. He'd be back. One of his uh, retirements. That sounds so horrible. <laughs> well, he's a wrestler, so it happens. Another guy, he's uh, not in AEW, but he's sure as hell not in WWE anymore. The former Derek Bateman, real name Michael Hutter, was released from WWE on May 17th. He would soon debut for a local Cleveland wrestling promotions on June 30th. Who's Derek Bateman? <laughs> if anybody doesn't remember or doesn't Hold know. On. The original NXT, I think? Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, Daniel Bryan's rookie. You remember that system? I do. Yeah. Uh, for, but for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Derek Bateman is EC3. But he had a big curly fro back then, and he was clean shaven. I legit blanked, blanked on his name. I didn't know that was seriously. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, EC3's first run. This was... I, I uh, think that was even more disastrous than his last run, but... Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he was, like, his whole gimmick was that he was goofy, and he joke, joked around, and him and Daniel Bryan had a bunch of comedy skits backstage, and, yeah, and, uh, whatever. But he, uh, he... I bet Aunt Dixie was proud of that. Oh, yeah. When he popped up in in uh, TNA, I was like, that's freaking Derek Bateman with a haircut, and he's supposed to be Dixie Carter's nephew? Like, what the... F random? I must say, though, that might have been his best work ever. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I like... Again, I don't know what that's saying, but... And I I can't judge what he's doing now. Supposedly he's doing good stuff. I, I just... I think he's a Ring of Honor, and I just... He did a... He recently did a cinematic match with Matt Cardona. And they put it on Fight TV. Uh, he's wow, getting okay. he's getting back like, known because of the major pod. We talk about him every week. Nice. I mean, he is a pretty decent wrestler. I was excited when he went to uh, to NXT. I'm just I laughing. Was... I forgot his damn real name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, like I laughed. You remember when I was saying before, like you know, he when he when we found out he was going to NXT, but you know he hadn't popped up yet. I was like, well, they're not going to call him EC3. You know, I thought because I'm you know it stands for Ethan Carter the third, and I was like, well. They're not going to call him that. No, they just called him EC3. Never said what his real name was. Uh, and if you didn't know, you just didn't know. Uh, but, you just know. Yeah. And just I was know. like, well, I was like, what, what, what are they going to, what are they going to call him when he comes in? It's like, uh, Bateman Derek, or no, he's going to be like Bate Derrickman or something like that. It's like, they got, or no, he, I say, and switch. I said, he's, he's going to come back. He's going to be Derek Bateman the second. <laughs> DB2. Yeah, the old famous Bateman family, yes. Historical oh, course, lineage yeah. in pro wrestling, by the way. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, WWE, you're not going to know this name either until I tell you who it is, but WWE recently signed independent wrestler Corey Weston, who would go on to be Wesley Blake. He was scouted <laughs> by he was scouted by Gerald Briscoe. And he hung on forever. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I was like, wait a minute. He was the last guy in NXT. He was the last guy in NXT, by the way, at some point uh, that was on the very first takeover that we were at. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, man. I did, felt kind of bad laughing at that. I was like, man, dude, the lifer. Did he go first and then Murphy? Pretty sure, no, right? He never went. 
Wait, well, is he, he still went there? for a minute. No, he got released just recently, actually. But yeah. um, but yeah, he never he went to the main roster, but then we only see him for a minute after uh, what's his name's infamous tweet, and then no one was on TV anymore, and yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I know he'd been released since then. I just I, I didn't know. I I couldn't remember the order. I, he got released first, and then Murphy, right? Yes. Okay, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but he was scouted by Gerald Briscoe of all people. Like, okay. Uh, Weston comes from Dory Funk Jr.'s wrestling camp in Florida, so that makes sense. Uh, Ring of Honor star Mike Bennett is still expected to be one of WWE's new signings. Nope. Bennett actually didn't show up in WWE until 2017. And, uh, yeah, I think I was was there. Canellis. Were you and I there when he debuted? I forget. I want to say I was, I know I I was. I feel like I remember that. Okay. I don't think I was there when he debuted. That's right. I was there. He, during one of those times, remember when he, him and Maria just would like randomly come out on the stage, kiss and then leave. Yeah, that was epic. That was, that was money. Yeah, right. Uh, well, anyway, I was there for one of those, and I'm like, God dang it. <laughs> he said, bragging. I, I just remember, I was like, cause I would, I went, I think there was a show I went with like a group of people, and some of the people never seen him before, and then that happened, and I had people literally looking at me in my group going, what the F was that? <laughs> I was like, nothing, just pretend like you never saw it. It's freaking Mike Kanellis, dude. Yeah. I like, took his wife's name. Yeah. You notice, by the way, when he debuted, um, JBL quickly pointed that out. Oh, he took his wife's name? Oh, that's that's different. Yeah, right. Like, no one would have even batted an eye. Oh, okay, he just changed his name. But no, JBL to make sure we knew it was his wife's name. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> he was, like, that killed him, As uh, in, in the words of uh, Jim Cornette, that killed him deader than Kelsey's nuts. But then, if he wasn't already dead enough, he took time out. And, and I look, I'm glad he went to rehab and got straightened out. I'm not, you know, crapping on him for that. But he was only there for like a short amount of time doing nothing. Then he goes to rehab, comes back and does less than nothing. And it's just, yeah. I forget who it was, but somebody accused him of uh, going there just to get the rehab stint paid. <laughs> I don't think it was true. Quite, but, quite a few people accused him uh, of that, yeah. It's just, I don't know if it's true or not, but, you know, it's kind yeah, of messed up. For people that don't know, WWE has a policy where if you work there at any time ever, no matter how short or long you've been there, they will pay if you need rehab. So, imagine, and I'm not saying this to be funny either, but imagine how much money they sunk into Scott Hall. Good lord, they probably still are. Yeah, I think something... Yeah, they pointed that out one time, too. They're like, they sunk, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars into him for his rehab. It's not cheap. But anyway, uh, Stephanie McMahon said on the latest episode of NXT that the new NXT Women's Championship will continue the tradition of creating the new, or excuse me, the next wave of women for a generation with the creation of the title. This was the original NXT Women's title. Here's one for you. Uh, Fast and Furious 6, featuring The Rock, stayed on top at the U.S. box office for a second week in a row. It took in another $34.5 million this weekend, bringing its domestic cum to $170.4 million, which is the biggest 10-day total for the franchise. It stands at a whopping $480 million worldwide. 
Okay, first of all, at the time of this recording, I got tickets to go this Saturday night, which I'm stoked for number nine. And number two, it's stuff like this, and people go, they need to stop making those movies, where I just laugh at how asinine they sound. Like, yeah, Universal should stop making these movies that make a billion dollars a piece. You're right, just quit. Yeah, There's well, I no mean... damn sense to even utter those words. Why what? would a company stop making a movie that they know they're going to make a billion dollars from? That makes no damn sense. Just shut up. You sound like an idiot. Yeah, well, I, well, like, I mean, and, you know, I've told you before, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the movies. I don't really, I don't care about them. It's not my thing. But, yeah, it's like the same people that go on about, oh, Marvel movies aren't art. They're just blah, 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 you know, same crap. And it's like, hmm, well, this not art is drawing much more than your, you know, little independent film or whatever. I think that was Woody Allen. Well, uh, Scorsese said the same crap. He's like, well, that's not real film. That's like, it's a roller coaster ride in film form. Like, okay. And how many people pay for roller coasters every year? Like, I mean, hey, look, it's nice to have Academy Awards, but I'd rather have a bank full of money personally. Yeah. That is right. Me. Yeah. Yeah. So there, yeah. there you go. So, I mean, Scott Hall just, had yeah. said something that he kind of did it in reverse, but he was talking about when he first went to WCW, his first show, he's like, man, you got like, maybe half a crowd here, but he's like, you know what? I already wrestled in front of, you know, arenas full of people. I just want money. <laughs> so. Been there, done uh, that. Yep. Uh, wrestling legend Bobby Eaton's condition has improved. He's still in the hospital and is set to have a pacemaker put in in two weeks. I feel like we can't go a single year, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be a dick, but we can't go a single year without hearing about his health problems. Like, why can't mm-hmm. someone help him get right? I know it's it sucks. Uh, obviously, I mean he kicked out, so that that's good. He's had a lot of, like you said, he's had a lot of health scares, and there's been a lot of like uh, campaigns to raise money for him and everything. So eh, I don't know. Uh, poor Bobby Eaton, man. He's, he's had a rough go of it the last decade, I think. But either way, speaking of somebody who's had a rough go of it for. Uh, a couple decades. That's not Tam- good. Tammy Sunny Sitch. Who is, by the way, just fresh out of jail as of this recording, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know why somebody posted that in the major mark group. Like, she's out. I'm like, and? Yeah. Well, well it's like that. <laughs> we, found her, op- we found her fan, folks. It's Well, it's like the uh, on the opening of The Simpsons where they, they're hanging up the sign, like, how many days without an incident, whatever. Right. <laughs> It's like, how many days without Sonny being thrown in jail? That is sad. Gosh, it, it really is. And I'm not trying to mock her, but it's like, the last time... I don't know, movie, dude. When you bring this shit on yourself, you're going to earn like, it, dude. Sorry. I'm not, it's like well, Teddy twice, Hart. whatever. You know, you go five times a year, you got a problem. Well, like yeah. Teddy Hart having a whole Twitter page dedicated to whether or not he's in jail. Right. <laughs> dude, I seriously thought that was fake. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. My favorite part, I mean, like I said, you know, it's sad that this, that people do this to themselves, but like you said, you gotta earn it. You know, uh, every day he's not in jail, they, they tweet no, and every day that he is in jail, they, like, the last time he got arrested, they said, breaking news, yes. <laughs> and they tweeted the article about his arrest. So, Tammy Sitch, Sunny, whatever the hell you wanna call her, is another one that, like, she just brings a lot of stuff on herself doing weird porn, getting arrested constantly, cheating on, you know, uh, Chris Candido when she was with him, and... Uh, to be fair, the, rumors are he cheated on her, 
too, so it's not oh, like really? you're the Yeah, well. And then uh, the other... Well, and the other thing is, last time she was free and not in jail, she was tweeting some pretty offensive stuff. So I feel like I remember, but I can't remember. I mean, I remember the offensive, like her saying something. I don't remember what it was. I think it just started with her coming out and saying she was, uh, like, conservative or a Trump supporter or something like that. And then, like, somebody said something, like, went after her, and it quickly turned very, like, offensive and racist and just everything else under the sun. So I feel, wasn't it something about black people? Oh yeah, she that was that was yeah. I think that might have been a separate one where she said something about yeah. she doesn't like dark meat or something. And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Like, why do you have to advertise it too? That's like, what I'm saying. I mean, you're free to like whatever the hell you want, but to sit there and say that crap where everyone can see and in yeah. that way. <laughs> I know. That'd be that'd be like me. It's like, hey, uh, you know, I don't date men. All right, I just I don't do it. Okay, like, <laughs> cool. So I want to know. Follow me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ch- check me out. I'm heterosexual, just so you know. But all right. Anyway, Sonny, who was recently released from a Connecticut prison after sor- serving a four-month sentence for repeatedly violating terms of a restraining order filed by her former boyfriend, a lovely way to start the story, by the way. Start. Uh, wait. Well, there's more. Yes. Uh, she touted her trailblazing ways in a Facebook post this week. Oh, she blazed some trails, all right. Uh, blazed something. If only she just blazed, she probably wouldn't be in so much trouble. Right. She, uh, she tweeted, or rather posted on Facebook, I guess, quote, I find it fascinating that so many women now strive to be a WWE diva. I'm so happy I helped make that occupation a glamorous one, because in the prehistoric days of not-so-glamorous lady wrestlers, end quote, she also added, quote, my definition of a diva is that all-around, well-rounded performer, end quote. She didn't wrestle. So how is she well-rounded? I can't remember her ever in a match. Off the top of my she, head. No, she never wrestled. She she didn't have, a, like, they had her announce a few times, and she was horrible at it because her voice was, like, just screechy. I, I don't even know how to describe it. And, like... Yeah, she was a fine manager, I guess, but she did the same gimmick over and over. I'm with this team. Now I find the guy on the other team attractive, so I'm with him now. Okay? I I don't know. <sighs> Sonny just uh, Barry Hor- Horowitzing herself. At least he was great. He can pat himself on the back. Yeah, well, that mullet sure as hell was epic. But, but all right. Uh, Bobby Lashley re- will return to MMA for the first fight in over a year at June 8th. Titan FC 25 event. The former WWE and TNA star will take on Kevin Asplund, who is 15 and 5. Lash- Lashley ends up dominating Asplund before submitting him in the second round with a key lock. Uh, with the victory, Lashley's MMA record will improve to 8 and 2. Yeah. Things. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he, uh, he didn't do anything in MMA. Like, I honestly thought he was going to do something with it. He was... It, was he in Bellator at one point? I think they still own his contract. Really? So, like, if he was to come back in MMA, I believe he would have to go to Bellator. Wow. Don't quote me on that, but I believe it's how it is. Well, he better drop that WWE title and head right over. <laughs> right. <laughs> Scott Cooker's waiting on a freak show fight for him, man. Oh, man. Damn straight. Hey, maybe they'll throw him in the they'll throw him in the uh, cage, whatever they, what do they have, a hexagon or whatever the hell? I think it's around, actually. Okay. Well, throw him in, throw him in the asylum cage with uh with Miro 
or, or uh, not Nero. What the? Damn, can't think of his name. Hager? The uh, no, he's like he he was one of the old like legends of like the heavyweight legends. Uh, uh not Sap? Emilianenko. Oh, Fedor. Emilianenko. Yeah, Fedor. That's who I was thinking of. Throw him in there with him. That would be a fighting that Coker would book because he's an idiot. Didn't he uh, book Fedor versus Rampage? I don't know if that happened or not, but I know he put Fedor and Chell Sonnen. Okay. Chell Sonnen, guess... a glorified middle uh, middleweight, by the way. But, you know, whatever yeah. self-sick stuff. Right. Good grief. Here we go into TNA now. Uh, TNA Impact recently moved back to Thursday nights, starting on May 13th. Hmm. Well... You know, according to Mike Tanay, that was due to popular demand by fans and not because they were getting stomped every Monday. Uh, maybe it was like, maybe you know, it was a little bit of both. Maybe like, please, we don't want to see you die right now. Go back to Thursday. I mean, there could have been I a think, kernel, like the fish off voices, kernel of truth in there. You know. Was it, was it you I was watching their debut on Mondays with? Probably. Or, okay, I'm, I think I was watching. I either watch it with you or I was messaging with you about it. And I just remember afterwards. It was definitely the latter for sure. Okay. Because I, I remember I was just like, I mean, it's a fine show, but I wasn't like, I was expecting to be like blown away with their debut against Raw. And it was just a show. I'm like, okay. Meanwhile, over on Raw, they had the return. But it was on Monday. It was on Raw. Yeah. Well, hold on, though. To be fair, player debuted. Jeff Hardy debuted, Hogan, Bischoff debuted, Hall and Nash debuted. So a lot of on stuff that, did happen on that show. Let's not forget that, but I still and, agree, it didn't feel much. Yeah, the matches just were kind of like, nah, I don't know. It, Dude, let's bring out a vision escape. Yeah, right. It was like, uh, yeah, let's bring out all these old dudes that you might have remembered from the 90s. Also, uh, Jeff Hardy. Jeff was the one that I was well, like, oh, well, he's back. Well, very well could have been in jail at this point, but the judge like, decided not to rule right away. <laughs> yeah, he literally right. got on a plane from Carolina, wherever the hell he was, to go to Impact. Wow. Did not know that one. Uh, but on the final battle between Raw and Impact, Raw drew a 3.05 and Impact drew a point eight. <laughs> um, I mean, that's close, right? Yeah. Yikes. Uh, but with Impact returning to the 9 p.m. time slot on Thursdays on Spike TV, it's being touted as the, quote, the biggest summer ever in history of the nine-year program. <laughs> yeah, right. According to TNA Wrestling President Dixie Carter, a, quote, big free agent signing will hit the program during this time frame. She really killed her credibility a lot during this time. We know who that was. Well, here are the people that it was not. Add Batista, Goldberg, and MVP to the list of wrestlers denying that they are the big free agent signing that uh, TNA has been touting. When a fan wrote on Twitter that they would start watching Impact if MVP was the newly signed talent, MVP replied, quote, flattered, but it's not me. MVP for, actually, for a couple of years. Right. And he, he did pop up in TNA on January 30th of 2014. So not long after this. Uh, well, the taping, I don't know if it was that episode, but either way. When a fan noted that they would have stopped watching Impact if Goldberg had signed, Goldberg replied, Yep, you and the other four people. <laughs> wow. What a dick. 
Rampage Jackson debuted on June 6th. Maybe that was it? Yeah, pretty sure that was it. Yeah, because we thought he was going to wrestle for a while, remember? At least I did. It made it seem like he was going to wrestle. What did he have, maybe one match? June 20th. Yeah, so, okay. And this this show was on the 2nd, so he would have popped up at the very next Impact. So that, that makes sense. So she had to have been talking about Rampage. June 6, was 2013, June 6, 2013, Rampage debuts. Yep. Yeah, so it would have been the very next Impact after the show. So that's all I can think of. Uh, EC3 actually debuted in October, uh, late October of this same year. So he's not far off, but yeah, Rampage had to have been the, the one she was touting. But that does it for the news and notes, man. You ready to dive into Slammiversary 11? Kind of. All right. Well, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, Slammiversary time. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. <laughs> the perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Time to dive into... Total nonstop action Slammiversary 2013, aka Slammiversary 11. The date was June 2nd, 2013. Tagline: TNA's biggest event of the summer. Hmm. As opposed to the bi- <laughs> as opposed to the biggest party of the summer. So. I just love how they say biggest event of the summer as if they have other big events in the summer. Yeah. 
It's like, are you comparing it to, I'm going to assume, like, WWE, like, you know, like, other, I'm going to say, like, other this wrestling events in the summer. This is 2013. This is when Brock beats the hell out of Cena and takes the title, I believe. So, this was oh, bigger is this than that one? That? I think wow. so, yeah. So, Damn. this was, that one? Was it that one? It might have been Brock uh, and CM Punk, actually. I don't know. Well, either way, it's, either way, whichever one I, whichever one it is, I'm still right. This was comparable to that? No. Well, to further your argument, uh, this took place at the, I'm going to butcher this name, Aganis Arena in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and the attendance was only 3,800 people, which was just slightly over half capacity. Yeah, this, keep in mind, ladies and gents, this is their second biggest yeah, show of the year. Yeah, all the ladies that listen to us. Yeah, all one of you. And if there is a lady out there, well, thanks. Uh, tell your friends. But anyway, yeah, so... This was, this was their second biggest show of the year. This was like, you know, to put this in perspective of like, you know, again, comparing it to WWE. This is like if SummerSlam had, uh, I don't know, 60% capacity. It wouldn't happen. Like, I think SummerSlam 95 might have been a sellout or close to it. And that show sucked. Except for like one or two matches. But mostly it sucked. Uh, the whole thing sucked. The latter match was really good. I can't think of another one off the top of my head that was good on that show. I really can't. Very that was and Skip? Oh, you son of a bitch. How did you forget that? Wasn't that a dark match? Or nope, no, that, it was was on the the, that was on the show. That's right. And they acted like it mattered. I remember that one. They, they're they yeah, like, Barry oh. Barry had gotten a win over him on Superstars. Yeah, they there's, like a, it mattered. there's yeah. a feud around this. Yeah. Cool. I, <laughs> this is also the show where uh, Kevin Nash slash Diesel, whatever the hell, was injured by Mabel's ass. There's that. Mabel literally sat down on his back with full force and uh, hurt the WWF champion. <laughs> yeah, right. I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and, uh, and furious ass cheeks. <laughs> well, the pay-per-view buy rate for this one was 13500 which... Uh... I think I bought this one. Yeah, I think I streamed this one. Uh, wait, uh, is this, uh, Statue of Limitations? I, I don't know. I don't know, I don't but know. I, Greg, bought it, so I want to make that clear. Hey, I didn't say how I streamed it. I might have paid for the stream. You don't know. They didn't have paid streams back then. You know what? Back off. <laughs> anyway, getting into the show at hand. Yeah, you steal a TNA show, man. They work hard for that. <laughs> right. Yeah, look. I could have joined one of the, you know, 13,000 people that paid for this thing. Uh, just like every Slammiversary, we get clips to open this of the biggest TNA moments for just a few moments, by the way. Uh, but this time, Aces and Eights cuts in like the NWO. Bully Ray, do you know who he is? He uh, talks about how he turned on Hulk Hogan, and Aces and Eights helped him win the, t the TNA world title in a cage. And also tricked Brooke Hogan into marrying him. Because, you know, in real life, you couldn't get, just get that annoyed real quick. Yeah, right. Like, there's so many things like, oh, you tricked me into marrying you. Well, darn, I guess I gotta stick with it. Like, I'll me to cook for you tonight. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out here, like, who the hell was WWE champion at this very moment? This is uh, June 2013? Yeah. It's John Cena. Okay. 
Yeah, because, um, hmm. <laughs> it, like, okay, here we go. Uh, yeah, it was The Rock. So, 2013? Yeah, he won it, uh, January 27th. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You're, yeah, you're hell off, dude. Just okay. Play. He lost it to John Cena on, in April. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was there. Yep, and then he lost it to Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. There you go. That's the SummerSlam. And Daniel Slam Bryan lost, and then Daniel Bryan lost it to Randy Orton really quickly, I believe. Yeah, in like two minutes. If well, actually, I don't even know if it was two minutes. Regardless. Oh, uh, that reminds me of last night. Never mind. Go on, go on. Good lord. Prom night flashbacks. Uh, so Are you on one generous? Channel, uh, on one channel we've got John Cena as the world champion. On the other channel we've got Bubba Ray Dudley. Man. Uh, I gotta pull out what Jim Cornette says today about wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, uh, Bobby Lashley, you got Carrie Cross, and Roman Reigns. They look like they could beat up an man. Those guys are badasses. And over here, you got Finger Bang. <laughs> I'll say this: at least he looks good. <laughs> he did say that. That was like his yeah. only compliment he's ever gave an Omega. He looks like a wrestler. I'll give him that. <laughs> well, you'd have to be a complete blind idiot to not say that, or lying to to not admit that. So. Oh yeah, Cornette would never lie. Yeah, oh yeah, right. Anyway, tonight the three-man commentary team is Todd Kennelly, Mike Tanay, and Taz. I totally forgot Uh, Todd Kennelly was a thing. That was my first note. I'm like, I forgot all about this horrible failed experiment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and, and assume this was an Eric Bischoff call. Because he said from day one he hated Mike Tanay as the play-by-play guy. Can't he's also say, well, he's quick to make sure to say he only hates Tanae as a play-by-play and he loves Tanae as an announcer and as a person. He's right, very quick yeah. to always say that because people always assume that he's just talking crap about Fortunate. Oh, yeah, and he comes out and he says, dude, I hired Mike Tanae. He said, I think Mike Tanae is like the greatest third man, you know, ever in a in a commentary booth. But as a play-by-play guy, he sucks. And he said it's not oh, his Forte has always just, been color, though. That's, yeah, right, yeah, fair. I mean, he... He was the guy in WCW that told you the name of the Mexican moves. Yeah, so, before uh, before what's his name over in AEW was the uh, the Mark or like the guy who knew all the guys. Well, and, and he Excalibur, like, yeah, yeah, he always knows everybody from Japan, and I feel like that was the original Tanay. Yeah, oh, and he shouts the names of the moves too. Yeah. You got to get that in. Whereas Mike Tanay would just like inform you over in uh, you know we call that a Frankensteiner, but in Mexico they refer to it as a Hurricane Rana. Whereas you know, you go to AEW, and he's like, Tope Suicida! <laughs> like, just say Suicide Dive. Like, whatever, dude. Anyway, uh, this first match is a Ultimate X for the TNA Exhibition title. It's a three-way between the champion Kenny King. I forgot he was the champion at this time, by the way. Chris Saban and Suicide. It went about 15 and a half minutes. Chris Saban hasn't been back for very long after tearing his left ACL a year ago. This was after tearing his right ACL the year before, putting him out for a year before that. We were watching. I remember we were watching the show. I can't remember which one it was exactly, but we watched it. And I remember he did a flip out of the ring, and yep. it was me. We're talking about the second I time. Know. I don't remember. I didn't, if I saw the first time, I don't know. I saw it, but we definitely saw the second time because we were watching. It well, I remember. I remember you and I were talking about it because he was out for a whole year when he tore it. I, I I can't remember, you know, how he did or when he did it, whatever. But I remember he did it, 
And you and I were like, damn. And then he finally made this big return. They played it up. And you and I were like, hell yeah, he's back. And then, like, what was he back for? Maybe two weeks, if that. If that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, dove right out of the ring and starts clutching his other knee. And you and I were like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, man, and, you want to talk about God having it in for somebody. Oh, man. I know. And it's like, and take somebody sure off. Enough, uh, I'm pretty sure, by the way, that this suicide was being played by T.J. Perkins, be, judging by some of the moves he pulled off, because he did the uh, that cannonball or, or wrecking ball drop kick outside of the ring, and he did the hanging himself up in the ropes when he gets thrown into him. So I was like, all right, yeah, that's pretty, what a pretty clear. He hangs himself now with everything he says and does. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, yeah, he's pretty divisive online. I'll just yeah, that's uh, putting it lightly. Anyway, in the end, Suicide and Kenny King meet in the middle of the wires. Suicide gets knocked off. Then Chris Saban shimmies over, knocks off Kenny King, and then grabs a belt for the win. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I hate those damn quarter stars. I gave it three. What say you? I gave it three as well. I loved it. I yeah, feel like really any good. Ultimate X match with Chris Saban in it. Yeah, that was like his match. I think he I, was in the first one, if I remember correctly. I think he's won. He, sure. He, at one point, he had the record for most wins, too. So. He might still to this day, as far as we know. But, yeah. I, I say I real quick that. how underrated that man is. Hell yeah. He's not good enough credit, man. Is and he still wrestling in Ring of Honor? You save him? Yeah. Oh, he's in Impact. Oh. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, I, I don't know where in... the hell Shelly is. But... That's right. I don't know, man. He, uh... He popped up in NXT for like one night and then never it was. Oh, wait, no, that's right. Yeah, I forgot him and him and Saban both went to TNA for a minute. Wow. Yeah. Then he just disappeared. Going forever, bro. Anyway. <laughs> wow. A bloody Chris Saban is celebrating on the stage. I missed what busted him open. But then Hulk Hogan comes out to hold Saban's hand up. Hogan's hand is wrapped up after it got badly burned. I, I, I don't know. I'd seen that he, like, got into a bad accident, but I can't remember what the hell happened. Like, it was all taped up, man. I I think it was, like, a fireworks incident or something like that, but I... He wasn't I getting out of bed and hurt his knee, was he? <laughs> Good lord. Uh, but, yeah. So, Hogan has to mention slamming Andre the Giant. That's, you know, good god. <laughs> and then he says that Saban will get a shot at the TNA world title later in the summer at Destination X, which... He wins that. It was, is, he wins it, and then he loses it the next month, right? He loses it in a couple of weeks. I think okay. in real time, he loses it in like a couple of hours. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good lord. Because for those that don't know, like how TNA worked back then, they had something that was called like what Option C or whatever. That I believe they still have it. Okay. Where? Well, it's like if you're the exhibition champion, come Destination X, you can choose to surrender the exhibition title and go for the world title at Destination X. So and Austin Aries was the first one to do it. Second one to do it, I think? Yeah. So the first one was Austin Aries. Second one was uh, uh, Chris Saban. Aries was the one that knocked off Root, correct? Yes. Yeah, okay. That's what Probably I one of the greatest moments in Impact history, in my opinion. You and I both hit our roofs. But Hulk Hogan gets in the ring now when Mr. Anderson, Garrett Bischoff, and Wes Briscoe of the Aces and, Aces and Eights interrupt him to insult him. That's a hell of a threesome right there. <laughs> and uh, Hogan says that in Boston, they're not afraid of ghosts, terrorists. I'm assuming he 
That, I, God. Why did you see that? The ghost thing, I don't, like, that was weird. The terrorist thing, I, I don't know the timeline, I forget, but I'm assuming he's referring to, you know, Boston Strong after the Boston Bomber thing. A very, yeah, that's a very, I'm sure it's what it is. Yeah, that's what I figured. I just, like I said, I don't remember the timeline for it. And he said, and they're not afraid of three pussies wearing leather, and then he flips them off. Wow. So Hulk Hogan said that and flipped a bird on pay-per-view. Cool. But Hogan really goes off saying that Gary... Hey, Wes, you know, your dad was in the the Silver Dome when I slammed Andre. I just wanted you to know that. Anyways. Yeah. Hey, just, hey, if if I haven't mentioned it at the time this hour, I said, that's like freaking, like, Larry's Abisco. I mean, obviously, you know, Hogan's a much bigger star, which makes this even weirder that he constantly mentions that. But it's like, it's it's like Larry's Abisco constantly having to mention, you know, I sold out Shea Stadium with Bruno. Like, no, you didn't. Bruno sold it out with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and then he, Hogan goes off on him saying that Garrett is a bitch. And he says, quote, and your old man's a bitch. <laughs> is that his godson? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> Good Lord, man. Like, who told Hogan? It's like, man, just go out there and be blue. Like, what the hell? Hogan finally says that these three men are going to face Magnus, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. Uh, Gotta love this thrown-together tag match on one of your biggest pay-per-views of the year. At least I think it was thrown together the way they did all this. It, it was like it was a, it was not really announced, but we knew it was coming. Remember how they would do that uh, back in the back when we used to watch it? Like we knew uh, what the match was, was going to be, but they didn't actually say it. I somewhat remember. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird though. Uh, but it's uh, aces and eights of Mr. Anderson, Garrett Bischoff, and Wes Briscoe taking on Magnus, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy in a six-man tag match that went just at over eight minutes. In the end, things break down. Behind the referee's back, Wes Briscoe low-blows Magnus and rolls him up, but Hardy hits a swanton on him and uh, pins Briscoe for the win. It was actually kind of cool. Like, he, he's, like, in a schoolboy, but the way he's, like, laying down is that so Hardy can nail him with a swanton. I've never seen it done like that before. But Uncle Dave gave it two and a half stars. I, I gave it two. What say you? I gave it two. I didn't hate it. It didn't suck, but it wasn't. wasn't I great. did find myself a little bit asking, like at the end, like it's still going. Yeah, it's uh, wasn't great. And you, I mean, you've got four stars in this match: Anderson, Magnus, Joe, and Hardy. But it's just, uh, I don't know. Bischoff wasn't good. Briscoe wasn't good. It's really weird that like. Wes Briscoe is one of them where it's like, uh, so, talent skipped a generation, huh? <laughs> I thought, I think Wes there was like a new, um, version of Eric Watts, by the way. Yeah. Well, you know, the only reason him, the only reason he and Garrett got jobs is because of their last names. I mean, that's um, literally it. Gotta, we go. I, I do give him credit, though, because he got the hell out of wrestling because he knew he sucked. I mean, they never actually said that's the reason, but come on. Yeah, well, nice. nobody wanted to hire him. WWE had fired him. TNA had fired him. Where the hell are you going to go? Ring of Honor sure as hell isn't going to hire you. I don't know. They hired Cheeseburger. Yeah. Anyway, to the back with Jeremy Borash. He tells us about what uh, what was going on in America 11 years ago when TNA started. Cool. 
Joseph Park then comes up doing his I'm a complete idiot routine until Devon and Nux run up and beat the hell out of him. They throw him all over the hallway and then walk off, leaving him bleeding and rubbing his own blood on the the hall wall. Gee, I wonder, gonna, I wonder if that's going to lead somewhere. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I forgot about a lot of the stuff. I completely forgot about what happened whenever he bled. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that in his match, but... Unfortunately, yeah. Up next is Jay Bradley versus Sam Shaw in the TNA Gut Check Final. This went about five minutes. Sam Shaw, man. Yeah, something tells me... He needs to bleach his hair and grow a mustache. Oh, and dude, we're the only ones who like that crap, so no. Wait, have have people been complaining about him? Yeah, no one likes him. He sucks. I don't get it. What? Yeah. His gimmick's awesome. Like, what the hell? I'm just but, jealous he gets Indy Hartwell. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'm jealous he got hugged by Poppy. <laughs> anyway. But nothing really to say about this one. Uh, Sam Shaw was doing like a a uh, like a surfer guy, like adrenaline junkie gimmick kind of thing. It was weird. Complete 180. Like if you think of what Dexter Loomis is right now, think the complete opposite. And boom, there. Yeah, right. Uh, but Jay Bradley wins this one with a running clothesline. He called the boomstick. I think his uh, I think his uh, <laughs> elbow pad actually said boomstick on it or something like that. Do you even know what that was? Was that like a play on something? Because I know there was like a game, something. Fistful of Boomstick, or a movie it was uh, Fistful of Boomstick. I'd never heard of that. <laughs> no, I mean, it was just, I mean, he's talking like dynamite, but that's about it. I don't know. But Uncle Dave gave it uh, a star and a quarter. I gave it a star and a half. Nothing nothing to see here. Let's say you. I gave it the whole one. Uh, Yeah, it's um not great. It, you know, whatever. Five. Five minutes. I, what do you? I forget. Do you know? Was this before or after Bradley was in WWE? Oh, uh, after I want to say. I think could be wrong, but I think after. May he might have popped up for like he was only there for like what a minute? Yeah, <laughs> he was on yeah. ECW actually. So he was never in WWE technically. He was in ECW. Oh, okay. Then this is after. No, I mean he wasn't WWE. ECW. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> But uh, Christy Henney interviews Jay Bradley, asking him how it feels to be the first one to qualify for the Bound for Glory series. That's what the winner of this match got. Uh, Bradley says that he's going to be the first one in. He's going to be the last one out as he's going to win the TNA World's Heavyweight title. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? you got to have lofty goals, though, dude. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, right. What do you think of the Bound for Glory series, by the way? I like the idea of it. I just think it went way too long, dude. We're talking June to October. I know, yeah, that's the only bad thing. I felt like it, um, like, if they would have made it, like, the G1, I thought it would have been great. Everybody loves G1. Great matchups, everybody faces each other, uh, it, it feels important. But yeah, the thing is, robin. like, yeah, and they don't, and that's basically what the Bound for Glory series was, like, a round-robin point system kind of thing. But, the thing was, like you said, it stretched from June to July, or, I'm, I'm sorry, June to October, Whereas, you know, the G1 is in, like, June or July, something like that, and then they win, and they don't, like, they don't stretch it out. It only goes, like, a month, and then they get their title shot in January. So, it's not like they stretch it from the summer to January. 
But either way, uh, now to the back again to Jeremy Borash. He hypes up the upcoming four-team tag team match before interviewing Bobby Roode and Austin Aries. Do you remember? Hell of a, hell of a team. Hell yeah. Do you remember shortly after this, they started calling themselves the Dirty Rotten Heels or something like that? Was that these two? Yeah. I thought it was funny. I was like, wow, you're just owning And now it. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler are the Dirty Dog. Is that a thing for Roode, by the way? Good lord. Yeah, I guess. I don't get that, that name, by the way. Like, what? The Dirty Dogs? Dude, it's spelled with an A and a W. Oh, hell yeah, because Ziggler's a, a uh, Browns fan. I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yes, that's got to be it. Now, Okay, now it's all making sense. Uh, both these men talk about being world champions and in the or in the past, and Rude tells James Storm that his new partner, Gunner, quote, is no Bobby Rude. Well, that's an oh, statement. Yeah, what are you saying there, dude? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there are a lot of people that are no Bobby Rude, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Gunner, for anybody that doesn't know, is uh, who you alluded to earlier. Was he Jackson Riker? Yes, he now cut all his hair and is off, no beard, and he's, just, he's going through PTSD from his time in the Army, so, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think that was like his whole thing, is he's like a former Marine, whatever, that's what they were going, like, that was his whole gimmick, his Gunner. He, oh, he was a... Uh, he was in the Marines. Like, okay, was he like a gunner? Like, doesn't make it. Who cares? His name is Gunner. In the playoff package for the next match, we're reminded that every time Joseph Park bleeds, he snaps and goes into abyss mode. I, I forgot about that, to be honest with you. But then again, I I don't know how you felt about it. I hated Joseph Park. I thought it was so dumb. I thought it was original. Yeah, I just, I was like, why are we getting this? Like, is he bored of being Abyss and tripping over his own dick and falling into his own flaming barbed wire table full of thumbtacks? Holy crap. <laughs> well, he does. He did every I mean, damn if week. If a guy's tripping over his own junk, okay, he's fine, trust me. <laughs> uh, he was tucking it into his boots. That's why he wore the long leather pants. Anyway, uh, Devon and Nux come to the ring for the next match. By the way, I forgot Aces and Eights had their own entrance in the back of the arena, but it totally makes sense now. I, and I, yeah, it, I love the idea looking back on it. I forgot about it. But when Joseph Park's theme hits, he does not come out. Devon takes his time to grab the mic and rip on Boston. He tells the referee to ring the bell and count out Joseph Park. But anyway, too bad. He didn't have Bully Ray out there with him when he was ripping on Boston, because maybe they would have picked out a woman in the front row who taught her daughter. Oh. Never mind. Uh, wow. Heat Wave 99, now in the archives. Go check it out. Or don't. I don't blame you if you don't. But... Hey, we made it entertaining, all right? And there's a very famous moment in there where Bubba Ray almost starts a riot. In, in yeah, Dayton. <sighs> but Devon says that he's going to go, or, well, first the referee does what Devon asks, and he counts him out. He declares Devon the winner. Devon is the television champ, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Which Devon's was the, the former uh, Legends champ, which was the former... Wasn't there another title for it, too? Uh, I'm forgetting the order, but at one point, I think it was the Legends title, then it was the Global title, and then it was the TV title. I know Eric Young, when Eric Young held it, he called it the Global Championship, and he would only defend it against non-Americans outside of the United States. Which, yeah. you know, is a so, hell of a hook to never defend the damn title ever. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the Legends title, 
Uh-huh. Then it was the global title. Uh-huh. Then it was the TV title. Uh-huh. And I believe it came back as, ah, uh, here it is, as the Impact Grand title. Oh, so they count that as part of its lineage? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I had most defenses in GFW, by the way. <laughs> Go figure. Well, oh, the and one. then it was the King of the Mountain title. It was just so That's title. right. Yeah, that's right. I remember that crap. Well, that was the one. I remember when yeah, it became more. a TV title. Because I remember the Eric Young thing, making it the global title. And then I remember when it went to H.A. Styles, he dubbed it the TV title to dedicate it to Ric Flair, who I cannot for the life of me ever remember ever holding the TV title. I'm sure he did at some point. That was like an Arn Anderson thing. That's <laughs> just like, if Rick ever held the TV title, it was for like a heartbeat. So like, ah, whatever. It was a weird dedication. Mid-Atlantic TV title twice. So Rick Flair has held that title. All right. Well, there you go. Ugh, but still, like, he acts like, well, you know, Rick Flair is clearly known for being the TV champ. <laughs> sure. That's all he ever really did in wrestling when you think about it. Yeah, right. Again, that's more synonymous with uh, Arn Anderson. Like, that would have made more sense if he's like, you know, in dedication to your best friend, Arn Anderson, I'm going to, you know, whatever. Either way, going back to this, Devon says that he's going to go back to the clubhouse, drink some beers, and play with some strippers. Don't know, uh... Pretty sure his sons are in the building, too, so... And, uh, his wife was probably watching this, so... <laughs> uh, but just then, Abyss comes out and takes out both Devon and Nux before the bell rings. Hold on, I'm sorry, match. hold on. The, the other match was official, too. I never got to give my rating for it, and I'm... <laughs> was it, though? It kind of was. I heard a bell. <laughs> yeah, I didn't count it, even though Wikipedia does. Yeah, I didn't count I'd it. I not count it. I mean, just... it, yeah. <laughs> by the way, this was I just, during... I one star, by the way. Just... Yeah, there you yeah. If we're giving stars, <laughs> I'm going to give it a dud. But, uh... Yeah, this was during the time, by the way, where they changed Abyss's theme. This was like his third theme, because he had that... Yeah, well, there, there's the original theme that he had, then they changed it to, like, that remix where they mixed it with made it, or American Made Hulk Hogan's theme. Yeah, right. Back when he was wearing Hogan's Hall of Fame ring and dressing in red and yellow, because, you know, that totally fits Abyss. And then they changed it to this, which was... Oh, it's a ripoff of... Um, I think sound uh, of music uh, or sound of something music. It's from it's from Shine Down. I just forget the name yeah, of it. Yeah, Shine Down. Something madness. Was it sound of madness? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I was listening to it when I when I watched it back. I'm like, sounds familiar. And then it just hit me. Like, oh yeah, Shine Down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they. It was. Yeah. It was that. Yeah. Sound of madness. But they added like a bell. Like a bell tolling yeah. at the beginning. So like, what the frick? And wasn't it, wasn't it one of Eric Bischoff's biggest complaints about Abyss is just a rip off of The Undertaker? And then they add yeah. a freaking bell, which sounds like a gong, not the way they told it. Yeah. I don't get that one, by the way. Like, I would have said Kane. I, I always said he was like a cross between Kane and Mankind. I never once thought Undertaker. Like, I don't know. Whatever. He wore a mask. How is that not Kane? But anyway, uh, this match is Devon with Nux defending his TV title against Abyss. It went just shy of five minutes. Abyss knocks Nux off the apron in the end, and he wins with a choke slam followed by a black hole slam. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it one star. What say you? I gave it one. 
Nux is out there. I'm like, where's Kelly Kelly? That's all I want to see. But yeah. Good Lord. This was more of like a segment ra- rather than a damn match. A segment to take the, to get the title onto Abyss. I like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because Abyss has to be the TV champ. He's been th- through some weird evolutions, by the way. I will admit, I kind of liked when he came back in the all-white and looked like he just escaped. I loved that. I thought that was some of his, the best stuff they did with him, actually. Yeah. Like, wasn't Stevie Richards his doctor or something like that? Yeah, Dr. Stevie. Now paging Dr. Stevie. And Daphne was his nurse. Yeah, I mean, it all just worked. I, I mean, mean, yeah, it was, my stu- nurse. it was stupid <laughs> as hell, but it all worked. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, that That and his original uh, look like the all-black with when he was with James Mitchell were my two favorite Abyss things. When he started wearing the flannel, that's another thing. I was like, really? You got the mask, you got the flannel, and you do hardcore stuff. Who does that remind you of? Joseph Park. Yeah. Uh, but Dixie Carter comes to the ring next to announce the next inductee into the TNA Hall of Fame. The hallowed funny... halls of the TNA Hall of Fame. Right, which is like one of the funniest statements I've ever made on this podcast. Uh, before she makes the announcement, she calls everyone that's on the roster onto the stage. She announces that the inductee is Kurt Angle, who seems very happy. He comes to the ring to hug Dixie before they play a hype video for Kurt's career, making him cry. He's up there with Ric Flair with, you know, he'll cry at the drop of a damn hat. Uh, Kurt thanks God, his wife, his new wife, not not uh, Karen, uh, his kids, the Carter family, and Jeff Jarrett. Which, uh, okay. Thanks, Jeff, for taking my old wife so I could get this new, this newer model. <laughs> At the end of the day, everybody won, so. Yeah, yeah, right. And Kurt, by the way, clearly has a type. Swarthy skin, dark haired women. So, whatever. It's good for him. Pittsburgh thing. <laughs> right. It's a me thing, too, but whatever. Well, and, and you know, dude, this is. The best hall, the best and only Hall of Fame that man's ever getting into. He better cherish this moment. <laughs> when they actually have the ceremony, because they actually have the induction ceremony at Bound for Glory, uh, and they're gonna give him a watch, and you know it's gonna be one of those uh, Mickey Mouse watches from out in the park. <laughs> oh, I thought a Cracker Jack box one, but whatever. I still find it funny Bruce Pritchard telling the story about how. She was like Dixie Carter was like eBay shopping for a used Rolex for this. <laughs> and he was like, why yeah, she didn't just... have enough money, right? Yeah. He's like, why don't we just buy a new Rolex? And he had to like fight with her about this. He's like, just get him a damn Rolex. Like, quit. Like, you don't have to thrift shop and like buy somebody's used stuff. Like, oh, man, that's LOL TNA if I've ever heard it. But all right, man, this next one is Chavo Guerrero and Hernandez defending the TNA tag team titles against Bad Influence, which is Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. Versus it's the Hawk. Bad Influence of Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. Oh, well, excuse the F out of me. They're taking glad on I the team. Glad I can inform you here. Uh, they're taking on Austin Aries and Bobby Roode and James Storm and Gunner. One went just shy of 17 minutes. Bad Influence gets eliminated first via disqualification when Daniels hits Chavo with a tag title right in front of the ref like a complete idiot. I'm like, cool? Like, what the hell? Uh, but Chavo and Hernandez are next out when Aries rolls up Chavo for a pin. Finally, 
Storm hits the last call on Ares. Gunner locks him in the gun rack, which is just a torture rack, and Ares submits. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it an even three stars. I kind of like this one. What say you? I gave it two. I got a little bored at it, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a tad. Yeah. I like these teams. Like, all, like basically everybody in this match I like for the most part. Not all blow me away, but I feel like, I mean, not that Jackson Riker's done really anything worth note in WWE yet. Um, anything memorable, anyway. But I feel like he did some Dude, good stuff. Dude, PTSD, man. This is good stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, but I feel like he did some good stuff as Gunner. Like, especially here with James Storm. I felt they were a pretty good team. They just worked. But then again, James Storm kind of worked with anybody they threw him at a team with. But in the back, Jeremy Borash is standing by with Brooke Hogan. I forgot that she was, like, in charge of the knockouts, by the way. Yeah, for like uh, ten minutes. Yeah. Brooke puts over the upcoming last knockout standing match. Uh, Taryn Terrell was hired as a referee, but kept getting involved in matches. So Brooke hired her as a wrestler. JB, then <laughs> go for it. Um, do you remember they had did this a couple of years prior with that guy, Shane Sewell? Yeah. Like, yeah. He was okay. a referee, but he kept overstepping his bounds. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then they I don't his... know why it was so stupid and made me laugh because he used to like he looked like do you remember like his rage? It looked like like really nervous rage like oh my god I'm getting nervous like I gotta hit something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, must punch something. Ah. <laughs> well, didn't they do the same thing with Tracy Brooks or something similar to it? Uh, maybe I don't remember that. Uh, I remember she was a ref for a while and wore like the skimpiest ref outfit. I remember that. Terrell. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, Rich. And I think they did a similar thing with Brooke Tessmacher. So, I don't know. They kept doing this crap in TNA. It's like, dude, you, you know, they, like, actually, now that I think about it, I mean, you could put Garrett Bischoff in this. Uh, no, that wasn't Garrett Bischoff. That was, uh, Jackson, Jackson James. James. But, yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different person, dude. Like, gosh. How, how can you confuse those two guys? I don't know. One's devastatingly handsome, and the other one's ugly as hell. I don't know. One is, like, a Greek god, and the other one is just, like, you know, like, really good-looking. <laughs> Do you ever think there's more to life than just being really, 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 really good-looking? That's something <laughs> Kelso would have said on the second show. <laughs> I got a Zoolander quote in this week, so there you go. All right, anyway. Uh, Borash then asks Brooke about Bully Ray, saying that he still loves her, and Brooke has nothing to say. She walks away. Oh, good lord. I, uh, this was weird. Do you remember when they did the whole thing, because he just brought up Brooke Tessma? Or do you remember that they did the whole thing where Bully was like, said Brooke was with him and all that, and they turned out to be Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, yep. and I'm not trying to bury Horowitz myself here, but do you remember I told that? Like, I'll bet you it's Brooke, uh... I, I think they just missed Tessmacher, but they didn't call her Brooke yet. Yeah. Uh, but do you remember? I was like, I bet you it's the other Brooke. And then it turned out to be. I was not happy that I was right about that because it was so stupid. <laughs> and she joined like, 8 versus like, 8, so no, I remember you that. You get something right, you want to call it. Oh, I called that. I was like, I was not happy that it was that obvious. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, and then you and I were like, and then in real life, I think he he, he dated one of the Brooks for real at one point, I believe. And now he's, like, either 
about to be or is marrying uh, Velvet Sky, and you were like, you and I were both like, is he like handsome in a way that we nobody can see? Like, what? Or is he tucking it in his sock or something? Like, what the hell is going on here? He's got a wonderful personality. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was nice to us at WrestleCon. Remember he was waiting for the elevator? He got on the one we didn't get on. We got on the other one with Colt Cabana and Hornswoggle and the Macho Man Personator. We didn't get on that one. <laughs> this, is a, this is a real story, folks. <laughs> People I am not making any of this up. <laughs> People are thinking you're BSing them here. This is real. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah, we picked I the kept... right elevator on that one. <laughs> Colt Cabana and Hornswoggle. I know you're. I know what you're always say about this stuff. But honestly, I kept like having to tell myself it's like, because I was like right next to Hornswoggle, and I kept trying to tell myself it's like, don't look down. It, like, don't like be creepy and like keep looking over like down at him. Like, just, like <laughs> just just don't stare. And it wasn't because he's you know short. It was because I'm like, dude, he was he's on TV. You know, like I've never yeah. been this close to him. But I was like that with with Colt only because I'm like, good lord, he's freaking tall. Oh just, yeah. I could, like, there's not many people I look up to, I and mean, he was one of them. Like, oh my god, he is deceptively tall. Yeah, I don't know how tall Cole Cabana actually is. Uh, he's uh six one, so he's only about an inch taller than you. He can't be six one. There's no way. No nah, way. I don't know. That's what it says. That's and the internet doesn't lie, Greg. So. Uh, well, you're right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the next match is uh, we're we're in the home stretch, people. The next match is Gail Kim taking on Taryn Terrell. It's a last knockout standing match. The referee is ODB. Boom! Who, who by the way, runs like, uh, like a like food a fan, truck sorry. now. Bam. Yeah, bam. Well, yeah, because Colt Cabana does boom. She does bam. So. <laughs> yeah, I heard a horrible story about, like, I guess that food truck got burned uh, burned down or something. She's got a new one now, but... Really? Oh, damn. Yeah, she, someone, she had a GoFundMe, and they, they got it back up, but yeah. Oh, that's cool. Either way, this one went about just shy of nine, nine and a half minutes. These two women have a hell of a match and actually beat the crap out of each other. I'm going to oh. say this right now. This is one of my favorite matches of the night. Yeah, these last three matches were really good. That one especially. Finally, Taryn wins with a running ace crusher off the ramp leading to Gail Kim being unable to beat the 10 count. Uncle Dave Meltzer called this the best match of the night, along with the match coming up next. He gave it three and a half stars. I gave it even three. What say you? Because of who was in it, and because of what I expected, because of what it turned out to be, I had to give it four. Because it four far stars, bro. surpassed what I thought it was going. I mean, not, not when I watched it back. I remember when I watched it and it actually happened. Yeah. Like, good Lord, this is actually hella good. Yeah, and I this know. is before I... the women's revolution, so women's matches were like very few and far between. Good. Yeah, TNA actually had like, and I'm not saying the whole time, but they, I feel like they were like legitimately pushing women's matches and like women's stars for a while before WWE ever did. Like, I mean, they had Mickey James and and uh, Tara. Like, I think Gail they invented. Yeah. Didn't, weren't they the first women, uh, uh, Tara and James? I think they were the first women to main event an impact or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was in the cage. Yeah. And that, and that match was, like, was awesome. Yeah. So they, I mean, they took time and they actually pushed the women, not just as T and A, you know? So. I mean, not to take away from it, but they didn't have many good women either. But to no. the point, they were trying with what they had. Right, yeah. So it's not like they were putting on, like, amazing matches, but they tried. 
Now, you, can't on, you can't turn on like a show today without seeing like a really good women's match, though. Now it's gotten to right. the point where there's a battle. I'm like, man, what's going on? <laughs> but, I know. Well, Taryn Terrell was like shockingly good, too. Like, I didn't expect anything out of her. Because WWE never put her in the ring. She was Tiffany, and she was like the GM of ECW. And then she was literally like, just a supermodel they hired. She she was a Playboy model, yeah. Oh, oh sorry, Playboy. I heard boss. She probably did. And then she uh, she was married to Drew McIntyre. And then, uh, well, there was some domestic violence on her side, and she yeah, got that's, fired. That's a new one. He didn't do anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. The dude got beat up because he didn't want to yeah. hit a woman. Uh, but the sex match was Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles. It went 15 minutes, 45 seconds. The build-up How package... the hell could you have a bad match with these two? Exactly. I, I don't think they were physically capable of that. The build-up package explains what's been going on with AJ Styles, but doesn't tell us why the hell these two were fighting. I don't even remember off the top of my head why they were. No, they don't explain it. Because, yeah, it's been uh, eight years, and I don't effing remember <laughs> And they don't tell you. It's like, well, if you weren't watching TV, sucks to be you. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, AJ's coming out to his Evil Ways song at this time. This was... I think uh, that was why. Because everybody thought he had joined Aces and Eights. Kurt Angle was one of them. He thought he joined them. And then... Uh, okay. Without saying yes or no, because AJ wasn't speaking. So that's what it was. Yeah. And he was wearing an he was wearing a leather jacket at the time, wearing all black. I, I actually have a Jax figure of him. Stupid soccer mom haircut's not there yet. But it's growing. No, no, he's got the no, but he's got the emo Justin Bieber hair at this time. But uh, uh, in the end, these two go through a bunch of transitions until Angle Jackknife covers AJ for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it four stars. What say you? Solid four. I didn't think it was quite five star worthy. I've seen better from the two, but it was damn good. I liked like the last. The last match was my favorite probably of the night. This was probably the best match of the night though. Oh, yeah. This was fantastic. I loved it. Love these guys. Like you said, how can you have a bad match out of these two? Especially in 2013. So, there you go. But, alright, man. Uh, before we get into the, the main event, we need to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to get into the pre-match and the main event itself, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fubo TV offers you live sports and TV without the overpriced cable. Fubo TV offers 100 channels live and on demand, plus over 130 streaming in 4K, and a cloud DVR is included. The Fubo TV app is available on all smart devices, so you can watch what you want when you want. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Cut the cord and sign up for your free trial at Fubo.tv today. Fubo TV is a sponsor of the main event marks and unhinged sports network. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. 
Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Backstage. We're back. Bully Ray keeps putting over how his upcoming match with Sting is no holds barred and how he won't go after Sting's eyes or throat like Sting said that he would do to Bully. Bully said that he's just going to hit the pile driver on Sting and cripple him. See, I had forgotten all about that until I watched this back. I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. They try to build that up. And I remember, I think it was a shot at WWE because they said no more pile drivers. Oh, I don't remember that part of it. But I I didn't really think anything of it. But yet, if you remember, Eric Young was doing it there for a while, too. And they made it like, oh, my gosh, it's devastating, the pile driver. Which I have no gripe with because, you know, back in the old days, the pile driver was considered like, oh my gosh, you hit that, you could cripple a man. And I mean, it's legit. If you hit it wrong, you legitimately can put somebody in the hospital. So, you know, cool for them. But anyway, uh, getting to this match, the main event man is Bully Ray defending the TNA World's Heavyweight title against Sting in a no-holds-barred last-man-stand, or excuse me, last-chance match which means that if Sting loses, he can never challenge for the TNA title ever again. That's that's a bold strategy, <laughs> Cotton. Let's see how that one pays off for him. I think they'll stick to it. I, that's just me. But. Oh, well, yeah. Like, well, because you know, it's just like Cody will never, ever wrestle for the AEW world title, ever. You know that, right? I do. But I got yeah. a feeling at some point they're going to be like, well, like Prince said, when, you know, as long as Jericho was champion. No, call no, that now. <laughs> no, never, Greg. It's never going to happen because, you know, it's it's wrestling and they got to tell us the truth. It's real. Gosh, how dare you question them? I don't know. I'm stupid. <laughs> wow. Well, this one went for just shy of 14 and a half minutes. I will admit I didn't hate this run of Bully Ray and I love Aces and Aids, so I'm not going to hate on this one I here. I love the Aces too. Yeah. Uh, Sting jump starts this one, wasting no time on beating up Bully Ray. Nice work, Part <laughs> Uh, partway into this match, when Sting and Bully are fighting on the ramp, Brooke Hogan comes out randomly to look shocked, and Sting sends her to the back. Not to spoil the end of the match here, but I, like, when I saw that, I couldn't remember how this one ended, and I was like, oh, she probably comes out and was sides with Bully, right? Or, you know, help. Nope, this was it. <laughs> what the hell happened? Yeah. She just she just comes out and looks worried, and Sting's like, "Hey, hey, it's okay. Go to the back." Like, what the hell am I watching? But Bully Ray manages to. I finally thought she hit... was gonna like try to miss Elizabeth him and spray him in the face or something. Oh yeah, but Bully Ray manages to finally hit the pile driver, but it does not put Sting away. After putting Sting through a table, because you know he's Bully Ray, but he's still got to go through you know put somebody through a damn table. Bully pulls the ring mat back to reveal the wooden planks, which. <laughs> I feel like TNA did this like 5,000 times. Uh, yeah, but Sting, then Tommaso Ciampa and Gargano would do it too, so everybody got in on it at some point. 
that one, it's like, I, I didn't care about that one because I was like, okay, you know, when have they ever done that before? So I was like, okay, but I feel like TNA did this like at least twice a year. They wanted to let everyone while. know that the ring had wood underneath it. Or the map. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bully Ray was about to give Sting wood, man. Good lord. <laughs> All right. Sting misses a stinger splash. Bully hits a pile driver on the wood for another near fall. So after he just built up the pile driver, he buried it. <sighs> Sting now drops Bully with a scorpion death drop on the wood. And then Aces and Ace hits the ring. Wouldn't you know? Shocker! I know. But they all get beat up by Sting because they're all ballless. Devon throws Bully a, a ball-peen hammer. But Sting catches it, hits Bully. And then Devon pulls Earl Hebner out of the ring so he can't make the count. Finally, Mr. Anderson runs out and hands Bully another hammer. Sting dives off the top rope and Bully smashes him in the head with it on the way down, which in real life would have uh, probably killed him. <laughs> but then he finally pins him for the three. I said this was WCW in 2000 level BS, but I don't know. Uncle Dave gave it three stars. I gave it two and a half because of all that bull crap. Let's say you. I gave it three. I was really into it. But yeah, the end kind of took me out of it. And like, really? <sighs> Nobody was there to back up Sting. That was my first, that was one of my only notes. So I'm like, here we go again. Like, just like the old school NWO, they're all out there and nobody from the back's coming to help them. And yet, supposedly everybody hates the Aces and Aces. I know. Like, and everybody running... respects Sting. And you guys can't come out and help them? Yeah. It's like, they've been running roughshod on everybody. Like, you know, attacking them, costing them matches and titles, hitting them with weapons, blah, blah, blah. And this? Like, uh, like, ah, Sting, you got it. Well, what the hell? I always hated that crap. No matter what company does it, it never makes sense. It always sucks. But anyway, after the match, Aces and Nate celebrate over Sting's lifeless body as the show goes off the air. Ugh, man. So that was that. <laughs> I guess we'll take our final break when we come back to final ratings and what's coming up next week on the podcast. We'll be back after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. 
There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, final segment. Final ratings here. IMDb gave this 6.6 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 7.73 excuse me, 7.33 out of 10. I gave it 7.9 out of 10 for like a C. What say you? I gave it a, a C plus. It was okay. The last three matches were fine. I mean, all in all, I don't think there was a horrible match on this card. I mean, okay. Well, the Abyss match. Yeah, yeah Devon and Abyss. Excuse me, the Abyss matches. Yeah. And I guess the gut check final was, I mean, wasn't horrible. It was just like, why is this on pay-per-view, you know? Considering they built it up on impact, yes. Right, yeah. Five minutes, go out there and show me what you got, kids. Like, <laughs> what? That kind of blew. But all in all, nah, I don't know. I didn't hate it. That's that. Slammiversary 2013, man. But all right, next week, we're officially into July. And I am legitimately... Get me a hot dog. Pop some fireworks. Hell yeah. July is going to be a fun month. I'm legitimately excited about all the shows. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about all the shows we're covering this month. Because we're doing something a little different for our bonus show this month that I'll get into. Which, by the way, I hope you all enjoyed. Oh, man. I hope you all enjoyed what we did uh, this past Friday with Great American Bash 2000. Uh, Happy birthday, America. Here's this. Uh, you know. <laughs> the Rockets Red Glare, Sting Burning in Air. Ugh, man. But alright. Uh, next week, we're opening July with one of the biggest paper- wrestling pay-per-views of all time, and I'm being completely serious about it. It's a funny 25-year anniversary recovering WCW's Bash at the Beach 1996. I am super stoked about that one. This it match was, uh, changes, like, the world, or this event, I should say. Oh, absolutely. And you can see, kind of, you know, the evolution of, like, here's what WCW was. We're trying to shed that, and we're getting into what WCW would become. And, you know, it's kind of like... Considering on... Not to, not to spoil anything, but the, considering on this match, they have a freaking match with something on a pole. I think it's a roll of quarters or something. Yeah, it's and then it's a sock full of silver dollars. Yeah, and then <laughs> this at the end of the show, clearly they were just like getting all the crap out of the closet and throwing it out. So uh. yeah, it was it was a sock full of silver dollars, and the two men in the match were Earthquake and Big Boss Man. So <laughs> yeah, the Dungeon of Take Doom. My effing money. Hell yeah. Well, the Dungeon of Doom is still a thing on this show, by the way. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, Nash did that interview one time where he said there were times in WWE when they were struggling to keep up because the Dungeon of Doom was on fire and they were kicking yeah. everyone's ass in the ratings. He laughs, but they were trading victories on Monday night. So <laughs> I don't think anyone had to do with the Dungeon of Doom, though. Well, no, no, not one person was like, oh, crap, I wonder who their new member is this week. <laughs> but anyway, that's July 7th. So look out for that one. It's a humongous well, pay-per-view. Put a PSA in there. We're not joking, by the way. We're, we're going to be doing nothing but good shows in July. Yeah, right. Well, people are probably used to a couple of crap shows. 
Yeah, this this is a rare, really good month. But to the actual bonus show here, Greg and I talked about it. We're not going to do this every single month because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But at least every other month I'm going to try to do something like this. Or we're going to try to do something like this, rather. Uh, we're going to do a timepiece and see how it goes. Instead of just As doing... As per requested, by the way. Yes, we got a request for this. This one, because uh, some months we are going to review a show like you know every other like uh, we do usually but those are gonna be like special shows that's like oh yeah such and such happened this month you know and we talk about that but for july we're gonna do our first time piece it's gonna be diesel's 1995 run in the wwf that you can thank greg for because he really oh, wanted I, to do that one i have a reason for it though because we crap on 95 here a lot and deservedly so but right. I don't think he was that bad of a champion. I think he nah. gets way too much crap for it. Yeah, and, and there's a lot that goes into it, uh, into 95 and the abysmal failure in every way, shape, and form that the, you know, that year could be. It doesn't mean like... both companies, mind you. Oh, yeah. I mean, WCW started heating up, I feel like, towards the end. Because you and I talked about that. It's like, by Bash... Well, no, Bash the Beach still sucked. So, what was it? Uh, Fall Brawl. By Fall Brawl, they actually started coming out with some decent shows. Uh, yeah, and it's not a coincidence, yeah. by the way, that Fall Brawl is the first pay-per-view after the launch of Nitro. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, and it kind of sucks that Vader left right then. <laughs> I mean, not by Still choice, on the but... promotional pieces for some in some markets, too. It's funny, so. Right. Fall Brawl 95, now in the archives, by the way. But, yeah, so... Diesel's run in 1995. We're going to have fun with that one. I already got all my notes compiled. Greg and I have both went back. I, in retrospect, experienced uh, 1995. Greg experienced it live. So, sucks to be him. Twice. Yeah. Most of it for the last show. And we're not going to cover every single thing he did, like, you know, beat by beat. But we're going to hit the high points, the important stuff. We're going to kind of set up, you know... Because uh, 1995 was the first time they had a show, like a, a pay-per-view almost every single month. Because that's when they added In Your House. So it's it's a, an historic year for multiple reasons we'll talk about. And Diesel, specifically what he was doing and all of that and everything around him. And just, uh, we're going to kind of break it down and talk about why it sucked. Why the whole thing sucked. And probably why Diesel gets a bad rap, too. Oh, yeah, right. And we'll talk about that in uh, the second to last week of July for our bonus show. But that's July, man. Looking forward to it. I had fun today talking about TNA. Thanks for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, of course. I love talking about TNA all the time. Yeah. Well, like, well and TNA, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And we'll see you all next week when we go to the beach for Bash at the Beach 1996. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. (sighs) 
The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.